0: Are you ready?
1: I think so. What the are we talking about again?
0: Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Chatter. This is Travis.
1: This is Victoria.
0: And today, we're going to talk about... Goals. G is for...
1: Goals.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, um, as you may know, the general idea behind Dungeon Chatter is that this is a podcast about RPG creation and design. And each week, or every two weeks, uh, Mm -hmm. each episode, we talk through a new idea. Uh, We do this alphabetically. Uh, Last time we talked about F is for...
1: Failure
0: and uh now we're on goals and so each week we're talking about one of these topics and we discuss uh what um what the concept is we talk about some of the things some of the ways that certain games handle it that we like some of the ways other games handle it that we don't like and we come up with some crazy ideas give some stories and then we come up with a pitch for what we're going to do for that thing in our rpg which is called dungeon chatter and uh, and then we <laughs> um, and then we do a hack and slash. Hack and slash. In which, typically Victoria picks up her cleaver and tries to chop up the idea. Mm. Uh, it's a kind of troubleshooting and uh, fine-tuning, tinkering idea. Mm-hmm. And then we go out and playtest it and see how it looks, and either um, adopt that idea uh, or totally rubbish it uh, or tweak it and yeah. see what we can do.
1: I've been wondering, we haven't come across this so far, um, except for maybe damage. We did a little bit of tweaking the we damage. Did. So maybe by the end of our alphabet, we'll go through all of the things that when we play test, uh, we decided to, to tweak a bit or change or get rid of, because we tend to not do that in the episode to episode. We only talk about the current topic. Right. So end of the whatever, or maybe let us know if you want like an in-between episode that goes over what we've changed so far. Hit us up, let us know in the reviews, or hit data up on Twitter at, at Dungeon Chatter, any of those cool places. We've also got a website called dungeonchatter.com. You can try there. Thanks. Um, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. And um, Victoria will, at the end of the episode, run through all that data again, mm-hmm. all those places yep. you can find us. Um, I think that's a good idea, though. Um, so, uh, damage is definitely one that we did week mm-hmm. uh, how we're doing thing um, things actually i um, character creation for what it's worth
1: yeah we've done a bit of yeah. uh rethinking yeah
0: yeah i'm thinking that um I, i'm now thinking of the way that we talk through character character creation would be something like a heroic type of character because the characters are pretty powerful um a little bit more powerful than um i think you should probably be to start it hasn't been a problem for us uh because and you know, i just adjust yeah. everything in the world but um, i think a, a new character might be, it might be fun to have a kind of weaker A wimpy, a wimp. Well, not wimp, but weaker. A wimp.
1: That's a (laughs) wimp. Anyway.
0: All right. So on this episode, we are talking about G for goals. And so what we thought we would do maybe is start by talking about um, story goals and side missions. Mm -hmm. So um, the story goals are more or less like, I don't really like to think of RPGs this way, but some people do. Um, They think of them as a story, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this beginning, there's this middle, and there's this end. I mean, that's not exactly right uh, because sometimes stories just, or or sometimes RPGs just stop, right? Like you meet and play one time, and it's either intended as a one shot, which just means we're just going to play this one time and that's it. But other times you just meet with a group, you play, and then the group falls apart, and that's the end of that. And and it's not fair to call it a story.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's always intended as a story, even, like, one-shots, right? Like, there's at least, like, you've got an idea for that campaign for that night, and it's a story. And then, I mean, it falls apart, but I think nobody goes into it. Well, no, that might not be true. I'm sure some people go into it just because, hey, I just want to see what happens, so that's fair. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, so someone on Twitter was talking about. Um, I wish I could remember who this was, and and if I knew, maybe I'll put this in the show notes if I can remember who it was. Um, somebody was talking about story goals and said something like, "The GM should never have story goals." Uh, and I thought that sounds a bit weird because.
1: What? Uh,
0: okay. W- well, so there's one view that uh, a DM is su- or a GM is supposed to plan scenarios, like like places, uh, not stories, right? Um, but then yeah. if you just start to think, okay, I have this place that I want you to be, like this really cool dungeon, how do I get you there? And that sounds like you're making a story to me. So I suggested that um, on one hand, um, even if there are groups where it works to just throw people into places mm-hmm. uh, without much of a story set up, um, there are also times where telling a story I think can be incredibly effective. And I, I think to the last time the last time we played, um, I don't want to brag. But the way that the story unfolded, right? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was that cool. That was
1: really cool. Yeah. I also, like, so GMs aren't supposed to make stories. They make locations. Mm-hmm. But then, so you go to a town, and what the hell is happening in yeah. that town? Yeah, exactly. Hey, we do a little bit more, you know, window shopping. And <laughs> yeah. we have no golds because there's nothing to, like, give us gold. But, I, yeah, I get that maybe you're not supposed to, like, End of game. At least not at the beginning. Like I think if you have an end of game, like this is where I Mm -hmm. want you to end up. That's a little like sometimes that's fun. I can Mm -hmm. see sometimes that being fun, but it can also feel limiting for the character.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's just a disagreement in words. So I'm not impugning this person. So maybe I'll I'll ask if I can put their game their uh, Twitter handle uh, in the show notes. But I'm not impugning this person. It was just a kind of maybe just a, a disagreement in terms. Uh, so maybe they were thinking story has to mean that beginning, middle, end, and the That's GM true. has to have preconceived end, like this is how it's going to end. And uh, sometimes, I guess, adventures have that. I, I don't I actually don't know that it's always a problem. Yeah. Uh, you could have like a really cool reveal planned, like I totally did in that last adventure. And yeah. it happened, and I thought it was really effective, um, and the players seemed to like it. And um, there are ways that that might not have happened, but it's something I really wanted to happen <laughs> in the yeah. game. Yeah. So. Uh, so all that is to say, there are, are, are more like story-like goals, mm-hmm. and then side missions, right? So um, the maybe the story, the big story goal, is that ultimate thing that the characters are working toward, and we'll talk about some of those possibilities. And then side missions, where uh, you know a character just wants to do something that isn't directly related to maybe even anything, just something that strikes their fancy, and then off you go, and you have to design on the fly or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought maybe you could talk, did you want to talk a little bit about um, a a story goal or a side mission that you thought was particularly cool um, in some kind of RPG that you played? I think I was going to talk about... Um,
1: You've got a story goal?
0: Yeah, I've got a, a story goal that um, this was in Fallout 4, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. so in Fallout 4, I, I'm not going to give too many game spoilers here, but there were some options or some decisions that you could make that, you know, so making one decision sort of opens up some future possibilities and closes some future possibilities, which is awesome. So the the game kind of responds to you and it gives you a kind of very different game from the next time you play if you want to play differently. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I found was that by making choices that to me seemed totally sane and sensible and even right, uh, ended up giving me possibilities that were to me, yeah. not at all fun and interesting. And so I actually, I just quit playing the game because this one group was uh, attacking me um, and this other group was not responding to me the way I thought that they should, even though I thought I was doing the right thing. Uh, I'm not saying the game makers definitely screwed up there, but I mean, I am a philosopher. <laughs> That's a joke, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I, I just seemed like um, that was not something that was predictable Um, And sometimes when you do things that are unpredictable, like that could be awesome. Yeah, it
1: it could have been like they intended it as a twist, mm -hmm. but it did seem, I think you mentioned which group it was before. And Mm -hmm. rethinking back on that, like that did not seem, like that seemed like the safest option as Mm -hmm. far as morally, you know, in the right. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised what happened there. Yeah.
0: So now that that's a case where um, uh, in addition to maybe there are particular ends that you have in mind, there might be means that you have in mind. And mm-hmm. so one of the like, me- I'm just not somebody who's when I'm playing the game, I tend not to murder people in their sleep, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and I tend not to steal from people. Huh?
1: You say that after having told on this uh, <laughs> podcast the story of you murdering Scott in his sleep. <laughs>
0: a character Scott's character
1: that's <laughs> fair yes our uncle Scott is still alive all yeah. of that but still <laughs>
0: uh, uh killing a character I didn't kill him but um, attacking a character is totally different from attacking
1: uh from killing an
0: NPC <laughs>
1: <laughs> you value NPCs more than player characters Plus for what it's worth yeah, that was about fair.
0: 24 years ago mm-hmm. so he, you know, he maybe may have times, changed maybe, a little <laughs> maybe times have changed uh, and, and I was probably playing Fallout for I don't know, maybe three or four years. I don't know, know how long Fallout that was.
1: 4, that would have been 2015, I think it came out in. Okay.
0: so yeah so a few years back. Um, yeah, so that's something to think about, right? So uh, story goals and um, the ends, but also the means. And I think that moral constraints are probably one of the means that you might be concerned with. And it's same, same way, I think, in Knights of the Old Republic, uh, so you might have a goal to do certain things, but also have a goal to remain on the light side, or I've never played on the dark side, because that's not how I do it, right? Mm-hmm. But but if one of your goals is to remain on the light side, then sometimes, well, I want to accomplish this goal, and I could totally do it by force persuading everybody, because that's what my character was really good at, mm-hmm. but you can't keep force persuading people because you if fall you to stay. the dark side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was another constraint there to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's... Yeah, a story goal might be the ultimate thing that you're going for, which could just be, and often for me it is, if there's a level limit, then one of my story, I don't even know if this is a story goal, it's a game goal. It's just I'm going to max out. So I want to max out my level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have a side mission you want to I talk about? A, I
1: had a, yeah, we're a little Bethesda heavy, I'm thinking, but uh, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about, in Fallout 3, um, this isn't important to the story, which is why I feel like it's alright to go into detail if anyone hasn't played that and wants to play it. It's just a side mission, and it's one that you can get to pretty early on in the game anyway, um, but there's a side mission where you can go to this town uh, to investigate this woman's brother, um, who she hasn't heard back from in a while. Um, And it it ends up being vampires. (laughs) And that's basically all there is to it. Like you just learn about these vampires that are there. Um, Anyway, all of that is to say that I thought that was a really interesting side mission that didn't go anywhere. Like you get the ability to become a vampire and that's the only effect it will have on the whole game. And I was like, that's a pretty out there Like, hey, vampires happen in Fallout, and yeah, that's it. That's all you get from that one little side mission that I thought was a pretty interesting, like, if there had been a tie back in later, like if you had met these people, and then later on it will open up a dialogue option with some other person who has also heard of vampires or who also is a vampire, that would have been cool. But the fact that it just ends there. And you can keep going back to that location and trying the same dialogue options, and it's just the exact same dialogue. That was a little, a little let down, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a complaint. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I thought that was a really interesting, like, wild, like, here, let's introduce this whole new game mechanic, and then it just, that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah now,
0: for what it's worth, um, I think that both of us are not the type of player who... Uh, we play a game, mm-hmm. and then...
1: <laughs> mm, we got we got Veggie here today. You guys have heard Zoe before. This is our cat, Veggie.
0: <laughs> That's Vegeta. Vegeta. So Ye- for you DBZ fans.
1: Yes, guess who named that cat?
0: Who named that cat? You. I did, Yes, yeah.
1: Travis named um, my cat that I got for my birthday, Vegeta.
0: Vegeta's like 18 years old. He is for, 18 yeah.
1: years old, and uh, he is all black. And what I wanted to name him was Snowball. Thinking back on it, <laughs> I love how sarcastic and ironic that is. I don't yeah. think that was my intention, but I love that. And I'm very sad that his name is not Snowball, but I do well, love Veggie. Veggie is be, so. pretty fun.
0: He's a, he's a fun cat for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the way that, let's see, so the way that we play games is not to beat a game and then go back and play it again and again and again in order to try to find every possibility and whatever. So, yeah. when now I played through that game as well. Um, and I beat that game. And I don't remember, I, I don't think I became a vampire.
1: Yeah, I didn't um, either.
0: So, I don't know. Maybe there is some weird scenario yeah, in maybe. which having done it, it actually does make a difference. It just didn't have to.
1: I think I might have looked, like, I'm I'm the sort of person who, when I'm done with a game, and I don't always finish games. Like, I, I tend to lose interest in uh, games not quickly, but, like, I'll I'll try to play through every option while I'm playing it. Like, do every side mission I run into. And then eventually I'll just kind of lose steam on it. But once I'm done playing a game, I might think about. So I think I went back and looked at a wiki about the possibilities. I definitely did that with Fallout 4. And I might have done that with Fallout 3. Um, and looking back on it, I think that's it. Like, I think it ends. Like, I looked through all the possible whatever. And I think that's it. I'm that not be. sure. Not a definite claim. Please don't. Yeah. Angry tweet, dad, because I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, all right. So those are what some story goals and some side missions. And, I, and I, I guess I think that one of the things that players are looking for with goals is the um, possibility for, on one hand, like some giant thing that they could be working toward if they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want the flex, the freedom and the flexibility so that it's not like every second of your gaming has to be devoted toward this long term goal that will happen 30 years down the line. Yeah. Um, And so with that in mind, maybe we can talk about um, character goals and party goals. That's one way to think about uh, a a distinction. So I like to introduce distinctions uh, and give us kind of more precise terms to think through. So character goals and party goals. um, And we could think about them in terms of short-term, intermediate, and long-term goals. And so let's talk about um, short-term goals, maybe um, something that you you. Um, or your character wants to accomplish by the sessions end. So we're meeting this one time What do I want to accomplish today? Um, or maybe by I don't know in game time, maybe within the next month So mm-hmm. something that could reasonably be accomplished in that time uh, And maybe an intermediate goal is something like that could be accomplished within a year of gaming time uh, or for your character I don't know or, or sorry or, or for the the player um, several sessions, right, maybe the, in the next three sessions um, and then a long-term goal maybe ultimate life goals for the character um, and if you're thinking about it from the player point of view, maybe, well, what do you want this character to become? Uh, like an archmage or uh, back in D&D, uh, one of the cool things that you could do if you were a human was to like dual class. So you start off as like a fighter and then I, I, haven't, I only had one old ruled bard, but you had to go like fighter mm-hmm. for a certain number of levels and you become like a rogue for a certain number of le- levels and then you become a druid and then you're a bard. So it's a very interesting progression of right. skills,
1: and then like that—that that is a path like laid out. Yeah, that's for how you. you
0: become a, a bard. That—that's what a bard was. Yeah. So there's the
1: a fighter, a rogue, mm-hmm. and a druid. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, that's interesting. I don't. That's an interesting.
0: Uh... Yeah. So you had you pro, uh, proved yourself as a warrior, um, as you know, a, a rogue. I don't I actually don't know the connection here, but well, I mean. Uh, bards are
1: well, normally kind of I mean I stereotypically now, yeah a bit roguish
0: in fifth edition right so um bards end up being decent spellcasters, decent fight this this you know yeah of,
1: they're normally not yeah. like they they're normally background or not background like back party I guess is what they're called support yeah support like they're normally not yeah wielding a sword
0: oh I yeah think. no they were definitely about wielding swords yeah back
1: then okay. yeah weird yeah because you might be
0: like a level 4 four to six warrior so you had some decent skills in fighting and then blah 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 and so I had one of those characters who did that and so um my idea there was just like if you are a player who sits down with a level one warrior and you're like yeah I'm going to become an old rules bard and then (laughs) that meant you were going to be playing for a long time and you would know like now I I hit this level do I change now or do I wait until next level to make my switch to the next class and then Uh blah 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 um, yeah, so that's just one example. Um, maybe another one was, again, second edition, getting to whatever level, like at ninth level as a fighter, you uh, can establish a stronghold and attract followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're playing a character from first level, then, I mean, that's gonna take some time. Like, it, I mean, I think my warrior um, Frolan took him probably about two years of playing, two years of real world playing mm-hmm. in order to reach ninth level. Uh, we tended to progress apparently way more slowly than a lot of people I see on Twitter. And a, and a lot of people that I see play the game now don't start at first level either. They just sort of, they might start at a higher level if they want. Yeah. That was never something that we did. It so.
1: seems like yeah. a GM or something mm-hmm. sort of discretion.
0: Yeah. And by the way, when I say that we did that, I'm, I'm not criticizing the way that, yeah. like, look, if you play the game the way you want to play. And if it's fun, yeah. then you play that way. Uh, so do what you want there. Uh, so short-term, intermediate, long-term. And then um, cooperative and competitive goals. That's another way to think about classifying these. And there are a lot of goals that um, a party might have or the, the group members in the party might have that are cooperative. They feed into one another. Like we all want to do this or we too want to do this thing. But there might be some goals that are competitive. Um, and so maybe you have, I don't know, two rogues in the party and they both want you know, the jewels, or yeah. they both want to pit- pickpocket that person, or they both want to do the backstab, um, you know, on the same person.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and so some of the goals become competitive.
1: I like that. Sounds yeah. pretty fun.
0: Um, and now notice, and so what I would suggest here is that uh, on one hand, uh, those could be introduced by the players themselves, mm-hmm. or sometimes the GM could understand characters' motivations and play that against one another. I, I don't recommend becoming like this evil puppet master. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, unless the players are in for it.
1: Yeah, unless you like that. I think to do that without first consulting the player, you'd have to super like you'd have to know that player super well to understand that they'd be into that sort of competitive uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. Both players in that sort of sense, yeah. Yeah, and um, we'll
0: maybe we'll say a little bit more about some of these things. We have an episode coming up. It's gonna, I mean, be a while till we get there. But in O um, Origins, mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about. Like a session zero for a character Mm -hmm. and a session zero is a session zero is a meeting that you do uh, sort of before you play the first official game right Mm -hmm. so it could be done individually like you sit down with each player individually um, or you have all the players in one place and you sort of lead them through character creation and you get them thinking about their goals and that sort of stuff Um, and that's something that we tended not to do so much back in the day Um, a session zero was uh, maybe Scott was working, and my brother and I, who we played in his group. Uh, Scott worked in a, a gas station that was owned by my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, between customers, he would say, "Roll up your character," and then we would roll up our character, and that was create, like that was our session zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why none of my characters had goals, and the, like they, they and they had no personality or background. Then again, mm-hmm. I was like eight, so yeah, right. Uh, so I I wasn't thinking about those things. I was just thinking, oh, I get to like chop off uh, goblins' heads and stuff like that. That's pretty cool." Um, but we've done things pretty differently now in mm-hmm. our most recent party, especially. So, um, maybe we could, uh, so let me give you an example of, uh, hmm, uh, a player versus a character goal. So one, uh, player goal might be, so some players want to play a game where they kill everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And some might not. Yeah. And this is a conflict that we've had come up in our party a few times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, And it's not – it doesn't have to be the same as – like, so some characters – I mean, if you have a lawful good paladin in your party, um, and you've got – this is why I don't recommend combining good and evil characters. But you've got, like, a chaotic evil (laughs) assassin in your party. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're going to want to approach things differently. and Maybe that's going to be very difficult to manage. Uh But our parties tended to have um, good and neutral characters nonetheless – the more neutral characters wanted to basically kill every enemy that was presented.
1: Mm-hmm. Every enemy, we'll say. Yeah, yeah Specifically. Po-
0: possible enemy, maybe.
1: Uh, that's true. Yeah, any, <laughs> anything that posed any sort of threat or inconvenience. How about that?
0: Yeah. And so um, in some cases, the in fact, in most cases, I, I think that there was... what um, would you, Well, what do you think? Did it happen more often that the uh, more pacifists would win out? Um, or because you were on the pacifist side more, I
1: was absolutely. I so, um,
0: and I should say maybe not pacifist is right, but um, the negotiate or seek yeah. resolution rather than kill.
1: I was uh, maybe like a little too far on the like. I didn't want to. I wanted to try to find a peaceful solution first for everything, um, and I'm realizing now that maybe that that wasn't the best way to go. But um, I'm gonna say. No, I feel like we ended up killing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like just a lot of stuff. Um, like maybe three or four times, we ended up just talking it out first. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I something think the, like that. And there that.
0: were probably more. There were three of the players were probably more interested in killing stuff, and two of you were probably more interested in not killing stuff. So you and, tend to yeah. get outvoted, mm-hmm. and and someone saying, "Well, maybe we can talk to them." As someone throws a dagger. At uh, yeah, that's true. Like they they would
1: initiate fights before. Like in the middle of discussing whether or not we should initiate fights. Not to like condone them, they were trying to have fun, but, Mm -hmm. uh, and it ended up being kind of funny sometimes, but. Yeah,
0: and from the GM point of view, it also led to some interesting party dynamics and some cool solutions uh, to scenarios. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ran one adventure in which, um, maybe I'll post this in the show notes, there was some, uh, I think they were rats.
1: Yeah, um, that, I, that were
0: becoming intelligent and they were causing some problems. And um, the party ranger, that was Victoria, mm-hmm. um, didn't want to kill them. And it turns out that that was actually a pretty awesome story resolution. So it yeah. worked well.
1: I feel bad about that one because I like I was that might have been my first time at least since I was a little kid um, playing D and D, and I didn't know quite what was expected and what I could do and what I could just say in the middle of anything. Uh, so we, we ended up fighting them for a while and like from the beginning I was like, oh, they're kind of intelligent, like, I want to figure out what's going on, but nobody else seemed to be interested in that. So mm-hmm. I felt bad that could have, could have been peaceful from the start. Yeah,
0: I, it could have, yeah. right. Um, and maybe another um, kind of conflict that might come up here is, or and it stems from goals, is the distribution of treasures and magic items yeah so um when i played uh we never we just had an understanding that uh magic items and treasure we uh nobody wanted the treasure we just wanted to sell it and get the gold Mm -hmm. right yeah Uh, so we just always did that split up the money Um, and you got a share of gold and whatever all the treasure was separate from the magic stuff and then when it came to magic stuff uh we just always knew that the understanding was we would roll a 20 sided die and whoever rolled the highest went first and then whoever had next went second and third right um and so uh and that was like our characters were were dicing for yeah. it or drawing Gambling. lots or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's how we always separated out magic items uh mm-hmm. and so we didn't have to worry about um like one character wouldn't choose a magic item that they couldn't use typically because i mean you would tend to take what you like the best thing for you yeah uh yeah and so that's that's how we always settled it and as i and i don't remember like in more than a decade of playing in scott's groups that we ever had serious disputes unless it were like there's a plus three long sword and two of us use a long sword right so we both want the same item but then we would roll for it and that person would get it yeah Uh, But in the party that we were playing with when we were playing uh, D&D, there was a lot of dispute there, and that was something that was new to me. We we never had problems, like I said, so maybe you want to talk through a little bit about how those goals came about or the conflict.
1: Um, Yeah, I think it was just a lot of people who had either not played D&D together or hadn't played D&D at all. Um, So we ended up getting a few magic items that it didn't seem like anyone especially needed. but like, could have been useful for any of us. I think it was at first, um, and so we were like, "Oh well, we'll just sell it and split the gold, and then people can get what they need." Um, but somebody really wanted something out of that, and so we were like, "Okay, well then you can pay for what the the what we would get for it um, to to the lot, and then we'll split that up amongst everyone." So, and they had a problem with that. Um, they were like. Like, saying, oh, well, I mean, if this were a real, like, adventure, like, I would just leave the group at this point. But since, Mm -hmm. like, it's D&D, like, I've got to stick with this, and I think that that's not cool. Um, And so eventually, I think what we settled on was that, like, everyone would put, like, say if they wanted an item or not, and it would, like, their name would be in the lot, and then they would roll for it, and whoever got the highest out of that roll would get the item. So you could basically say... And we tried to like not do this all the time, but you could say like you wanted every item and Mm -hmm. have a chance to get it. Um, But I think at the end, we were mostly just doing, hey, that would be useful for my character Mm -hmm. sort of thing.
0: I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So those are ways, those are, um, I mean, I don't know that that's exactly, that's not really a story goal, right? So it's just like, I want this item because it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that you have to worry about how you're going to divvy up, and so maybe if you've got a more interesting way of doing it other than just randomize, sorry, you know, randomizing and so rolling for it, uh, some people opt for best fit. But uh, I I maintain that sometimes there isn't an answer to it. Yeah, like it does it It doesn't fit anyone best. It fits like these two characters equally well. Um, and, and you, and also best fit might just mean that one character keeps getting more and more and more stuff depending on what becomes available Yeah, so in a party of warriors and you find like oh a spell book and you know a magical staff and whatever mm-hmm. Maybe the the spellcaster just keeps adding more and more and more stuff, and I don't know. I don't know if that's fair Yeah, so something to think about
1: I know I've seen in um, Critical role uh, it tends to just be whoever finds it gets to decide what to do with it and it's like maybe they'll just sell it. Maybe they'll keep it. Maybe they'll give it to who it would be. They, mm-hmm. they think it would be a best fit for. Um, and that Finders keepers. Sort of, yeah, like a finders keepers. Um, I don't know. They tend to be like situational finds. I don't know that it's very often that they'll have um, – like, an end of boss, like, loot grab, like, mm-hmm. here's just what was in the room. Um, they've done that a couple times, but then I think it's normally just whoever was the first to say, I want to do an investigation check, or also jumped in on the investigation check, the DM will be like, all right, you find this, and you find this, and then that character decides if they want to try to hide it from the rest of the party or not.
0: Yeah. Uh, that can work in a party. Just yeah. depends on the nature of the just party. Just another
1: way to... to yeah. And not quite... Yeah, this is not very goalsy, but...
0: Um, I mean, I, I do think it, it's an important one, right? So in addition to, like, there, there are these non-story goals, and, so, and as I said, like, when I'm playing an RPG, I, I like to grind and max out my level. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to find the best stuff. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, this can all relate to, like, if your goals are, like, I want to become a powerful, uh, a powerful magician, blah, 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 mm-hmm. um, like, getting some really awesome spell books and stuff might be, like... How you do that, but if you've also got another like spellcaster in the party who also needs spells, you'll have to to address that at some point mm-hmm. or else be a jerk, I guess.
0: Right, and if you want to become <laughs> the most powerful musician, um, <laughs> maybe you carve your own guitar like Brian May, so right? So, there's he really
1: <laughs> yeah, we need to see that. It's coming out soon. We will, you
0: need to see that audience. <laughs> Um, so I was thinking, uh, so I've got an example of what I'm going to call um, goal architecture. And it's a, it's just some general ways of thinking about blending goals together for uh, characters in a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to do it with just two characters because that's the easiest way, like just two characters, we can see what we're going to do. But I thought that maybe um, as part of the pitch, I want to encourage everyone to think about um, some short-term goals, some intermediate goals, and some long-term goals. And we'll have Victoria talk through um, her character's development in terms of those short-term, uh, intermediate and long-term goals, or at least the the way that you struggled with them in the beginning, because we went in our session zero, um, Victoria was, well, oh, I don't really, I don't know what my goals are going to be, or I'm not sure if I want to do this, and, but over time the character has developed.
1: Yeah, um, so I had a little bit of an issue because we had talked a bit about Mage Banes, um, being these, uh, Characters who are like part of this organization who goes out and fights magic users and how We've talked a tiny bit about how magic works. I think where it's um Blood mages will take powers from other blood mages uh, typically Um, So I thought it'd be cool if I had this magic user who fights other magic users and that's how they get stronger But they're also Robin Hooding it a little I guess Uh, um but I think I didn't quite have a good understanding about what the mage being. I don't think either of us did at the very beginning. Like, we were both kind of working it out. So at the beginning, I was really struggling with um, what his future would look like. Um, and I remember the first session we started, like, my goals were literally just what I thought a mage main would do in a session. Um, and it ended up not being, like, a good fit for what the party was doing. Like, it would have been me going off on my own, and that would have been the end of my collaboration with this party. So it wasn't a good fit for how we play. Um, And then intermediate and long-term goals. I had to really think about my character's background first. And then once I started looking into, okay, so now why did he end up in this situation? That really helped me think about, okay, so this is what he would want to do with his future. Um, So I ended up giving him like, A kind of tragic backstory because that's just an easy uh, D&D backstory to do um, where his father died and his mother sort of went not missing as a kid but sort of dropped him on his father when he was really little and then when the father died the mother was unable to be located so that ended up being one of my long-term goals was I think the character doesn't, like, think about it every day, but it's something that if they found the answer to, they would be a little more satisfied about what happened to their mother, to his mother. Um, and now I'm, I'm still really struggling for intermediate goals. I also put that I think my character is unambitious. Like, that is a, a feat of my character is that he's unambitious and that he'll get into trouble with his, like, superiors and his job for that a little. Um
0: so, there are, there are, so just to clarify the terminology, like a, a feat normally means like this kind of okay. cool bonus skill that you get. But um, in our game, we don't exactly yeah, have those. So it's a trait.
1: A trait, yeah. Just a fact of mm. my character. Um, but since we started playing and since we've like started teasing at magic and learning just a little bit more and more about it, um, I always, when I made the character, I thought he already was magical. Mm. Um and then it turned out that we didn't have a system for magic yet. So he's now in the process of uncovering his magic skills. And that's sort of changing my perception of the character. And I think also my character's perception of himself too. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm introducing more intermediate goals about him, him wanting to understand more about magic and, like, make connections based on magic uh, that I didn't have at the beginning if he had just gone into it knowing magic already, Um, which I think is cool. Like, it it was definitely, like, a story um, informing the character and also the character informing the story that I thought was a really cool development. Sounds good. Mm -hmm.
0: And now, um, and so what what we can say is that um, if you go back to um, the two episodes ago, E for Experience, and you can start thinking about um, in each session, I ask the characters, uh, the players for goals for their characters, and I come up with a goal for their character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it be, I think it becomes a little bit easier for you to be thinking about uh, who your character is and what motivates them. If you're kind of forced to do that every session, like, well, what do I want to accomplish today mm-hmm. in this session? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and you can see why that would be, might, or at least might be more difficult to have a meaningful goal in the very first session. than so well, I don't know what I want to do today. Yeah. Right. Um, but over time, I think it becomes a little clearer what you want to do. And, yeah. and I, and I, one of the interesting things is that when I'm coming up with characters goals, um, I look at what they have written down and I, I think I can often predict like this is a, knowing what I know about the story, like this is a cool thing that they might want to do. Um, and so I've been able to come up with Um, I I think some decent um, options for so if so so and so could do this thing um, and I'm trying to think uh, I think one of them was for uh, some of them are combat related because people don't often put that but if I know they're gonna fight stuff I might put something in there like um, uh, land a a missile attack uh, knowing if someone wants to do missile attacks Mm -hmm. Um, and we have two people in the party who really like to do that but not all of them are combat related Um, I, I think so Maybe um, forging a new acquaintance uh, with someone in town, um, or uh, establishing a contact with this person. And, and if I know that there are characters that they might be interested in, I'll, I'll throw that in there. Now, and the cool thing about the experience system is that uh, they don't know that that's one of their goals if I put it down. Mm-hmm. So that, that's
1: yeah, I yeah. thought that that was really cool. Yeah. I don't know if that was like that in the beginning. If originally you were going to tell us our uh, your goal for mm-hmm. us, um, I think it's cool that it's like a secret and. You gotta, I guess, play your character the way you think your player or your character should be played. I yeah. think it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I will add that we don't have an alignment score uh, in this game. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, because I think it's kind of artificial. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but I see the value of it. So if, if, I mean, if you see that there's a chaotic evil character, um, then this tells you a lot about what they, this kind of stuff they might try to get away with. Um, but because we don't have those, I think it's important because we don't have alignment. Um, it sort of gives us some guidance on what are characters trying to accomplish in this session? Um, and you can even come up with those for the NPCs, for the non-player characters. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the characters that you're, I don't know that we've talked much about this, but what, what the NPCs are the characters that your player characters will encounter. Mm -hmm. So like if Victoria is a player character, she's, she's got a player character, but if she encounters someone uh, who's not played by one of the characters, played by me, mm-hmm. that's an NPC. Uh, and so for NPCs, you could have those goals, too. Um, and so I build those into the adventures um, as I'm making them. This character wants to do this kind of stuff. Um, like this guy wants to uh, conceal this fact about someone close to him. That's a reference to the one that yes. we just did. Yeah. Uh, right? So he wants to conceal this fact. And so that gives us some motivations. And those motivations, I think, are... Psychologically way more interesting than, this is a lawful neutral druid. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right, they're yeah. much more informative, I think. Okay. Um, so I think that in moving into the pitch, I want to talk about two fictional characters, and then I'll give you some uh, tips for how like, how we might build a game uh, using goals. Mm-hmm. So tell a good story if that's what we're doing using these uh, goals. So here comes the pitch.
1: Is it a change-up? It's a change-up.
0: It's whatever you want it to be this time. Okay. It's a curve. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> it's whatever you want to be,
1: but it's the same. Anyway.
0: And we're back with the pitch. It's a change-up. It's a curve. All right.
1: It's so, a wind-up? Is that a it's
0: pitch? A, no, it's a change-up.
1: It's a wind-up. Is a wind-up a pitch at
0: all? No, it's a wind-up. It's like before you. It it's like oh, moving into the pitch. All
1: right. Yeah. I don't know baseball. <laughs> I know uh, of it. I know the concept, but that's it. Anyway.
0: So suppose we have two characters. Um, character A is Roger the Rogue. You Roger the Rogue. Pretty, you can tell he's pretty cool because of his last name. Wait, his first name is like my last name. <laughs> yeah, Roger Rogers the Rogue. <laughs> uh, what
1: happened there?
0: And so suppose uh, that he has this long-term goal, which is to clear his family's name. They have been accused of some awful thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually drawing this from um, Austin's character that he may end up at some point playing. His work schedule Mm -hmm. hasn't worked out, so he hasn't been able to play in his current group. Uh, But he does have a character uh, who's kind of trying to, well, do something with the family name. Maybe it's not clear in that case, but it's like to live up to the family name. That's interesting. Uh, Right, but so suppose that Roger the rogue, wants to clear up his family name by becoming a rogue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is this
1: this system?
0: Uh, And so uh, some intermediate goals then become so to establish positive reputation. So Mm -hmm. if he is perceived as good, right, this could help him clear the family name. Um, Find the culprit, like, so find who is ultimately responsible for sullying the family name and then bring the culprit to justice. And he will do that through roguery. Which... It's possible, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. possible. You've, you've watched is this movies? like Austin legit wanted to play a rogue? No. Oh,
0: okay. No, 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 no.
1: Interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I can see a rogue. I'm just surprised that Austin would have wanted to play this. Um, Austin's
0: character is interesting. And it was based on another character. We're going to have to have him on at some point to have I, him will, talk through. Uh, I'd love yeah. to
1: have... Uh, didn't, didn't he have something to do with cooking? I was not allowed to hear this character um, being made because his dad wanted to kind of keep it a surprise. Uh, and yeah. so I've heard tiny bits and pieces, and his it sounds cooking pretty cool. cooking
0: character was a in that one shot that we did that was present day. Remember he was a, like a ramen chef or something? And no,
1: I don't think so. The
0: one where um the girl was in the um, – like in the uh, shopping center, remember? Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. The first play test of the <laughs> yeah. how the combat system mm-hmm. and how we reacted. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. So his other character, so one of his characters was a, like yeah, a ramen chef or something. I don't know. I don't think uh, it was ramen, but. Okay. Um, and another one was trying to uh, live up to his family name. And that was a character based on some character he'd read. Uh, now, Roger the Rogue is not exactly that, but it, it is this rogue who wants to clear the family name. Mm-hmm. And then, if you start thinking about that, so short-term goals assist the locals and forge friendships. Now, why would he want to do that? Because that's going to establish positive relations and give him resources for working within the community to find uh, who's responsible for all this. And that gives that's going to give the DM or the GM some easy ways to start thinking about adventure hooks, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is why you can't just have a place or a you know, for them to go to. You have to have a way that the story works. Like, why would Roger the Rogue want to go to the same place as Maggie the Mage, and she's the other character? Mm -hmm. Uh, So Maggie the Mage's long-term goal is to become the most powerful spellcaster in the land, Mm -hmm. right? So why on earth would they work together if one of them wants to clear someone's name uh, and one of them wants to um, become the most powerful spellcaster? So that's the GM's task. And so um, an intermediate goal would be to become an apprentice to the current most powerful spellcaster.
1: Not Mm -hmm. bad. Yeah. Um, and
0: then to defeat other spellcasters, possibly including that that one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, like a, a Sith apprentice, right? So, Clearly. find the most powerful Sith and then kill that one.
1: I mean, no uh, ali- alliances. Alignments. Alignments, right? Yeah, because this is sounding pretty pretty evil. Could on be the pretty evil, side.
0: evil. Well, could be pretty evil, but it just says defeat other spellcasters. So um, there are multiple ways to become the most powerful spellcaster. One of them is to kill the current most powerful, and then you kind of move up one peg, right? Another way is just to gain experience to outdistance them, Mm
1: -hmm. right? Yeah.
0: So it doesn't have to be evil.
1: It doesn't have to be, but I like the
0: idea. And the short-term goals, then, are to gain experience and master spells. And so now, right, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? And, and uh, And as a GM, you can say, oh, well, I just need to present Maggie the Mage with some opportunity to get, like, a spell book. Um, and in the pro, like defeat someone to get a spellbook. And for Roger, um, anything that will be helping some locals, mm-hmm. that's going to be positive. And maybe even one of the friendships that Roger um, ends up forging could be with Maggie the Mage. And so, um, as a, a, D, a GM, I was thinking, I keep saying DM, but I, I guess we're calling it GM and yeah. Hero. of Heroes. So.
1: Dungeon Master doesn't make sense. For
0: yeah. Me. Yeah, because we play present, we will play present day and we will play sci fi and it's a little weird. Yeah. The Dungeon
1: Master the
0: spaceship so.
1: <laughs> the spaceship has a dungeon a labyrinth <laughs> dungeon
0: uh, so maybe in this particular adventure uh, the individual goals might be to ins- to assist the locals which would definitely appeal to Roger um, and to gain spells which would definitely appeal to Maggie um, and they might have a cooperative goal like defeat the local brigands okay so if it's known that the brigands took some spell books Um, And if it's known that the brigands are preying on the locals, then that gives a nice cooperative goal for the party. Mm -hmm. And then a competitive goal, which I'm going to urge that you use these tastefully and tactfully, uh, might be that a valuable spell book uh, appears. Now, it's not explicitly one of Roger's um, goals that he wants to amass a ton of money, but it is a resource. Money is a resource, and it could help him in pursuing uh, friendships and justice and all that stuff. And he's a rogue. Yeah. And we know they're filthy. They uh, are filthy so-and-sos. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so it's at least a potentially competitive goal. Does that make sense? hmm And then, you know, the party works through this. And the party's working through this becomes what we might call um, an intervention. Right. So this intervention now changes the party dynamics and gets the GM to think, oh, like, this is a party that's going to work this way when it comes to introducing powerful items Mm -hmm. that both of them could use. And then a GM has to react to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So maybe in a future adventure, then, um, an individual goal could be to find um, an acquaintance of someone who's believed to be the ultimate culprit. Mm Mm-hmm right so this person who sullied roger's family name so find an an acquaintance of that person and then a cooperative goal could be to interrogate that culprit and it could be cooperative because uh, maybe this is someone with knowledge of spells and something like that and there's something in it for both of them but it's uh, potentially competitive in that defeating one spellcaster like this um, acquaintance might harm at least some local relations. So doing something that could help Maggie's career as great spellcaster could actually hurt relations uh, with the locals. And that's a way in which, so good for Maggie, maybe not so good for Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, so uh, the characters uh, have to, we have to think about these characters as psychologically complex. Um, and so how are they gonna juggle these? Are they gonna stick to the friendship? Um, or are they going to um, you know deal with it and think, you owe me next time though? Um, or are they just going to disband? I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. That's I mean, a, that's, yeah, that doesn't happen situation.
1: really unless you're just no longer friends with people.
0: And so this is why I suggest that it has to be used, you know, tastefully and tactfully. You, I, I don't like my parties to fall apart. So uh, I like to have long unfolding arcs uh, and characters. The players that uh, play in my groups tend to like that. Uh, if we're doing a one-off, then we're doing a one-off. But otherwise, like, mm-hmm. we want to play for a while and have these characters develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so in a, a story arc, like a more giant, like long-term type of thing, an individual goal could be um, that Roger is going to ultimately find those who are responsible for sullying the family name. But maybe there's a twist. Maybe it was part of the family itself, right, who did this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now Roger's quest to clear his family's name uh, actually ends up, oh, no, my family kind of are scumbags. Uh, right Uh, and so that would be an interesting twist and I think that this could unfold in a way that it it not only doesn't destroy the character but it actually makes the character more interesting so it's something that you've got to balance as a GM Um, is this the kind of thing that if I do it like the character is not going to care about or the player is not going to care about the character anymore Yeah. and and for what it's worth I've seen that happen so uh, one of our characters uh, one of our players Lou uh, had a character who was I think a dwarf and our DM was, I thought, being a jerk and had that character polymorphed. So it's a transmutation spell that changed the dwarf into um, a, from a male dwarf into a female uh, hobgoblin. And done, I thought, spitefully. And Lou didn't want to play that character anymore. And I, and I, I don't blame him. Uh, yeah. So that was, I, I think, a bad use uh, of the kind of DM skill. Mm -hmm. that there is yeah good yeah Um, okay so a cooperative goal in the long-term art could be to find the spellcaster in pursuit of clearing the family's name and then a competitive goal uh, could be that this spellcaster is partially responsible for the family's ruin so although someone else I don't know maybe it's even like a long lost family member Uh, and so there's at least this tension so it's Roger's thinking um I don't know maybe we have to Maybe we have to, uh, maybe Roger ends up thinking we have to eliminate the spellcaster. And Maggie thinks, well, actually, maybe I could learn from this. Yeah, person.
1: maybe this <laughs> is the most felt, like, powerful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this is just the way. So, what, I, what I'm suggesting here, I'm calling it um, goal architecture. It's thinking about short term, intermediate, and long term goals. And it's also thinking about those individual goals. And then those cooperative and competitive goals, and so the way that this works and is is it kind of ensures that there's at least something in every adventure for someone, um, and you also sparingly use these tweaks like the uh, a twist uh, or a competitive piece that shows up in order to push the party dynamic.
1: Yeah, to keep things interesting. Or rather than just always running smoothly and then like, yeah, we, we finished in, what, three three weeks? Three weeks of it entering? Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, and so that is the pitch. Um, and I guess the next thing for us to do is to think about hack and slash. Hack and slash. So what do you think? I mean, uh, now you've already played the game and so you've heard some of these ideas in the past, especially about the character creation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um now, but it is the first time you're hearing my plan for goal architecture. Um, any thoughts or questions or possible problems? Or
1: and no, I, I mean this sounds pretty. I mean, y- you talked about using competitive goals sparingly, mm-hmm. and that seems like it would be it would be a fine line um, for GMs to walk. I think, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd have to really know what is interesting versus what is just not fun. Uh, mm-hmm character Um, also you'd have to balance so most parties aren't just two people right and it's not just like an equal split of who's got interests where Uh Um, so you'd have to balance like is this going to outnumber Mm in competitiveness like is somebody gonna be the one person out who doesn't want this like vehemently because it goes against their whole character while the rest of the party is like all down for like murdering these these fools yes. sort of thing. That sort of thing. Right. Um, so I think that that would have to be something. Like you'd have to be juggling a lot of different concepts mm-hmm. to do this well.
0: So let me say two, uh, maybe three things mm-hmm. um, that can help to alleviate some of these concerns. So first of all, like I, I mentioned previously, when we go into um, episode O for Origins, mm-hmm. we'll talk through that session zero uh, idea. And when you do a session zero, um, I, I think you really need to establish like some guidelines for how you're like, what, what kind of party is this going to be? Is this going to be the kind of party where Zoe drinks water in the background <laughs> while we're talking? Uh-huh. Um, is this going to be the kind of party where, um, yeah, we just kill everyone uh, who has cool stuff and we take it? Um, and if the party, if all the players say, yeah, and then uh, they change their mind eventually, some of them at least. In fact, if only some of them change their mind. Now, that's a new wrinkle for the party to deal with. And that that might be a kind of party-ending decision, right? Yeah. Um, If you're playing under a certain understanding and then someone changes their mind and they don't want to play that way, then, you know, someone has to um, adapt uh, or stop playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a bummer. So I want to avoid those things. And one way to do that is by having a serious conversation about it when you do that session zero. Mm -hmm. So what kind of uh, group is this going to be? I mean that's something that we did. Yeah. Um, this I've said this in the past but I don't play uh, I don't allow evil characters unless everybody in the party is okay with an evil character.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So when you say that do you mean you don't do evil characters unless everyone is evil or you don't do evil characters unless everyone is all right with there being at least yeah, one Yeah, that one,
0: right? So now on because that means that the party is Accepting so the second one so um, we I'm okay with there being an evil character in this party means essentially that you're okay With there being at least one person who might be have goals incredibly different and methods incredibly different from yours um, And if you sign up for that, then it could be a fun thing like well, who's the evil character in the party, right? And yeah, maybe, maybe everyone's evil, right? Yeah, uh, but that'd be interesting. Know. So, you know, you don't have to know all those things about the character and and again evil might be a little simple but um, I mm-hmm. say uh, evil when we're talking about alignment, but uh, one person in the party who just has goals that are or methods that they're okay with that we might call unscrupulous. Right. So I'll do whatever it takes in order to do this next to a character who is thinking something like, um, I don't really like to kill people. Yeah. Uh, and I will use it only as a last resort. Those two characters, And I'll just say it. So are you okay with this kind of approach? And if, people are okay with it, then we can do it. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't like to limit what uh, a group can do, uh, but that has to be sensitive, I think, to what the individual members of the group want to do. So mm-hmm. if, if you want to play in a group where there's evil people, um, then do it. And if you don't, then don't. And I prefer as a DM not to, uh, that doesn't sound fun to me, uh, to make adventures in which people do awful stuff all the time. That's, that's not fun to me. So. Yeah. I'm not the right one to DM that game. So find another DM. Um, That's one thing. Um, Another thing to think about is, so think about um, as you are fleshing out your character by doing these short-term goals each session, think about how much better I'm coming to know your characters. And so uh, I also reach out to people through downtime. And so I actually think that two of the characters have eh, deep goals that I know very well. And three of the characters we have actually had quite a few players play now, um, three of the characters at least have some superficial goals, but that I think I understand really well. Mm-hmm. And so I know the kind of things, at least some of those things, right? I know them pretty well, the kind of things that would appeal to people. So I think I kind of know what to throw out there. Um, so there was something cool for your character to do. That was clearly tailored towards your character's interests yeah, and strengths the that, last time. That was cool. But notice along the way, there was also something for uh, mom,
1: yeah, Erica, for to do. Marcus, yeah.
0: Yeah. Erica's character, Marcus. Uh, yeah, which sorry. Was to encounter this person uh, they had known previously, have a conversation about horses because Marcus is into horses and Philip is a horsemonger. Um, and they actually came to a kind of cool arrangement. Like uh, Philip sold a mare to uh, Marcus, and that actually checked off one of the goals that Marcus had been trying to do to get back to his um, horse farm?
1: Ranch? Ranch, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At Lake Horse Farm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, right and yeah, so that that was two things. Was there a, and there was a third thing that I wanted to mention. So, um, um,
1: Landolo did. Landolo have something. He ended up talking to a thieves guild, and he is a smuggler sort of person. I don't true. know if that was a goal.
0: Yeah, so that's it. so. Landolo is someone who um, he missed. Well, he didn't, was he at session zero? He was not at session
1: yeah. zero. See, no. this
0: is, so he's someone who wasn't at our first meeting in which we talked through all this stuff. So he kind of started in a little bit of a hole. He didn't have the character idea developed very well. Um, but I know, I know that there are things that he wants to do every adventure. They include shoot people with his crossbow and seduce people. Yep. Uh, does he and, have
1: like the same goal every time? Like the same? I,
0: basically. Yeah. Right. So that's
1: all right. So he's far. A consistent least, yeah. character.
0: Um, yeah, and, and so those are superficial goals, but, I mean, I can always, always I, there, there'll there be someone he could try to, to seduce. <laughs>
1: someone? Um, Who did it end up being? Like, there was a...
0: Well, a woman whose child was stolen.
1: Oh, my God! I <laughs> forgot about
0: that! <laughs> uh, so, a grieving <laughs> mother! <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was able to do both those things, but knowing that he is a smuggler, Um, having this thieves guild contact was something that even if it's not something that he was thinking about doing it's clearly something that could be good for his character long term Mm -hmm. it remains to be seen whether he wants to use that as an opportunity or just keep thinking about shooting and seducing right so it's an opportunity for his character um yeah i thought there was one third thing so we were talking about the difficulty of balancing this um hard to do um session zero Oh, yeah, maybe those are the session zero, um, the uh, weekly goals or the session goals uh, yeah. that we do. Um, and this, you know, kind of constantly monitoring uh, the situation, right, to figure yeah. out what we want to do. And by the way, I mean, you know, on one hand, um, you know, you might not always know what you want your character to be like or do. And I yeah, think you I definitely
1: some... go through that where mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't... I don't know what to put for this session because I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know, like I don't have a go-to like seduce someone and whatever. So I guess my go-to would be like I got tinkering skills. Mm-hmm. So it would, and I don't use them as much as I should. Like right now it's just like a, a sort of placeholder for lock pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ex- eventually expand that out. So I guess that could be my go-to, but yeah. other than that, um, without knowing where, like, what can happen, it's hard for me to think of a goal that might be accomplished in this session. So I was going to mention, like, uh, I'm sort of coming to terms with the idea of just, like, not trying to hit all three goals every session, and then goals kind of rolling over. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to mention if maybe you'd be into the idea of, so three session goals, and then maybe Give me a goal for this chapter, or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, um, and then just at the end of the the chapter, maybe you get three extra hit point or not hit points, um, experience mm-hmm. points if you hit it in the chapter or not, and it's it, it's like a high reward for sticking mm-hmm. it out longer or something.
0: Let me so let me think about it. Uh, uh... If it's hard to come up with a session goal, it might be even harder to come up with, like to know what you want to do in this chapter, right? Because mm-hmm. your views might change on, on... So That's... if it were like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, um, I don't know, I'm gonna kill that, whatever, like that guy, and then you get into the moment, you're like, I just don't know if I want to kill the guy. Yeah, I don't know if
1: he's who I thought he was. And
0: I don't want you to be forced, like, like you think, oh, I'll earn more experience if I kill the guy, so That's I'll kill true. the guy, right? But um, but I do think that maybe um, how experience works, maybe one idea would be um, if you could get one experience for it and you miss it, you can choose to roll it over and have it worth two experience next time.
1: That that could be cool. Yeah, like, and that yeah. might even
0: keep characters on kind of very close. Or you can choose to just
1: drop it for one. Yeah. 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 For a new one. So it's something to think about. That's interesting. Although if I have like had it rolled over for like five sessions and mm-hmm. I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but it's now worth like six mm-hmm. experience, like it, running into the same issue of you might. maybe my character has changed, but I really need experience because I'm kind of stagnant until I can level up something or mm-hmm. whatever.
0: That could be. Yeah. So let's think about it.
1: Yeah, we'll think about it.
0: We'll play test through and see what comes up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I actually thought I did have another thing to say about those goals, but um, I'll be honest. I can't I can't remember what it was going to be. So. Um,
1: was it about the... the so not goals per se, but like, um, competitive goals. Was it that oh, one?
0: Oh, well, uh, no, it, it was, yeah. So it's more about, no, I, I started to say this in the same way that you don't know everything about your character, um, because you have only certain amounts of information. There are things that as a GM, this is, it's a bookkeeping thing, right? So, mm-hmm. um, as a GM, uh, I saw someone on Twitter again, if I can find who this was, I'll let you know. I saw someone who, uh, they make a spreadsheet. Um, And in that spreadsheet, they have the character and then they have their goals by session and they'd like check them off as people make progress toward them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually think that that's really cool. So it might give me a way of seeing like, oh, in this session, like you wanted to do these three things and then you wanted to do these two things and these two things. And maybe like you always have like this one idea that's coming up consistently. And maybe it's even different versions of that, like you're wording it differently. But it lets me know if it's something, that that is something your character is interested in all the time. Um, And it also gives me, that kind of visual representation of it can have me thinking about ways like, oh, you put these three goals for the session, but you have this giant goal, this long-term goal. And I think, aha, you know what? I can actually start to see a way to move these goals toward this thing. Mm -hmm. And that could actually help the GM craft future possibilities um, for the adventure, which I think is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, And we also have the added benefit of downtime in which... It's, it's an opportunity for people to say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to investigate this. I'm going to find out about this. And that's a way that people, I think people have been very successful um, at uh, coming up with session goals. So if you ask around during downtime and you make some investigations yeah, and you think, I want to go find that staff, right? Uh, okay, so now you know that you want to find that staff. Oh, I also want to take it to these people to show them. Okay, and that's something that if you had done in the moment, like you yeah, have
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought to. Yeah. they. I wouldn't have even known that they wanted to see it or something. Yeah.
0: And so that is a way that, the, the way that I'm seeing downtime as a GM, and the downtime is just the time between the two sessions. So you play a session and it's over, and then the, the next time your session starts, the downtime is what's in between. So yeah. it's a way that I'm actually seeing that we can award role-playing, right? So if you take the time to role-play in downtime, then that will actually have, help you come up with much clearer, more interesting goals for your character. That's true. Um, so it's a nice way that, that these different pieces are fitting together. So we've got session zero coming together with character creation, coming together with um, downtime uh, to feed into goals. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want to do some downtime right now.
0: <laughs> oh. well, hey, we can <laughs> I'm Thinking do that. about
1: it, yeah. Cool.
0: We can do that. So um, Hack and Slash, that was relatively painless.
1: Yeah, relatively. I think we got through most of that. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, um, that sounds good to me, Um, and so if we have nothing further to say, uh, then I guess we should say that um, this has been Travis.
1: And this has been Victoria.
0: And we just talked through G for... Goals. And you should join us again next time, where we actually tackle a pretty cool topic that I've reached out to people on Twitter to see if they have any feedback on. Mm -hmm. And it is H is for...
1: House rules.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, house rules, those kind of ideas that are not explicitly in the rule book, uh, mm-hmm. just the ways that different groups handle different stuff. Uh, so, they're kind of like your tweaks to the rules. people with normal sight. need your assistance. That's Austin coming into the middle of the uh, podcast. <laughs> podcast. Well, it's actually the, end, the,
1: end, of the, the end, podcast. end of the podcast. It's true. We did not warn you ahead that's of time. True.
0: Um, but, uh, join us again next time for Dungeon,
1: Dungeon Chatter.
0: Chatter.
1: Hey there. Thanks for listening to Episode 7. If you want more Dungeon Chatter, please check us out at DungeonChatter.com or follow us on Twitter at @dungeonchatter. Dungeon And if you like our show, it'd be super cool if you left a review on iTunes or told your friends who are also in RPG stuff. We'd appreciate it. Our next episode, H is for House Rules, will be out in two weeks, on Friday, November 2nd, so we'll see you then. Thanks again for listening.